Well, how are you? Christians in Sport podcast, but different. What we're doing is we're taking previous interviews with athletes and using those interviews in order to think about critical issues facing the Christian in sport. Today's theme, can you be a Christian and an elite athlete? Here's how it's going to work. I've got Debbie Flood, Olympic rower, Linvoy Primus, professional footballer, in the room with me. We're going to listen to people's comments on this issue of whether you can be a Christian and an elite athlete. And then when we've listened to things other sports people have to say, we're going to debate them. Hope it helps you. That's what we're up to today. Let's get started then with Chris Jones. Chris Jones was a rugby player, now is a rugby coach in Wales. Look, what you need to know about Chris Jones is he was banned for life twice. Don't ask. It's too complicated. But he was a troublesome man as a player. And he thought that when he became a Christian, there was no alternative but to stop being involved in rugby because every time he got stuck into the game, he ended up in trouble. Here's Chris. After, a, uh, after the, the, the uh, Brecon experience, um, I, I thought, right, one of the first things I've got to do is, is get out the rugby. Rugby is my problem. And it took about a year um, before I got back involved. My brother Clive uh, had gone back to our local side, Truoki, to, to um, take up the coaching position there again. And he was trying to persuade me to come back. Uh, and I said, look, you know, I've got a new life now, a better life, and I don't want to get involved. But it, it was uh, a, a, a pastor at the time, great friend, uh, John Bullock. And I have to say as well, you, Graham, and and the guys involved with Christians in Sport, I got involved with Christians in Sport. Um, and basically, between you all, you sort of said, um, you know, Chris, basically, the, the, the real problem is not rugby, it's it's yourself and um, you know if if you feel that you, you are strong enough to get back involved uh, you know in the game and concentrate on on um, you know on the good part of, of rugby then then it's fine to get back involved and and and, and to be a sort of um, witness in that sort of um so here's the fundamental issue isn't it people say you really got to give up sport if, if you're a Christian because sport is so sinful, is so selfish and so determined to win that it's bound to lead you into problems if you're a Christian and you must quit. That's the Chris Jones question. What do you make of that? Yeah, well, you know, sport can lead us into sin puts us under those pressures but as can anything else in life life can lead us into sin but actually God works in every single area of life yeah okay so let me push you a little bit more on that then uh, you're saying exactly what that every all parts of life are sin so I don't know uh, marriage would you have to give up marriage that's what I want to say to somebody right hang on then if I sin in something and it's hard not to sin I should give it up. You, you give up looking after your kids. You give up. You give up going to work, wouldn't you? you? Give up driving the car, riding your bike, because everywhere I go, funnily enough, sin pops up. I mean, don't you think? 
we've got things all around us every day. We've got choices to make every single day. And there's a line in everything, isn't there? There's a line that you can cross over in every area, every aspect of life uh, and emotion and relationship. But actually, God uses every single situation, every single relationship to firstly transform us individually, but also to um, to live through us, to transform others. Ah, got you. So what we're going to discuss then is actually... We've got the option, we can be miserable about the sin that kills us when we play sport, or we can say, this is an opportunity for us to learn how to be changed by God when we are competitive. So, Linvoy, then, you became a Christian at 27? 28, 27, 28. 27, 28, playing professional football, Premier League player. Did you change as the years went by as a Christian? Did play with Debbie's yeah. picture? You know what flowed out of you? Yeah, because it must have been a mixture. Because we're all a mixture. But did you change? If, yes, I did. Because um, the first the first year of playing, uh, I'd go out onto that pitch. So the first year after becoming a Christian, I'd go out onto that pitch. I'd be full of fear. You know, I didn't want to mess up. I didn't want to. Uh, you know, didn't want be be the one that made a mistake. And I'd be so critical of myself if I made a mistake. But what would happen that the, the second and third year uh, with, with um, reading the Bible with the, the chaplain and um, and understanding who I was, that I could go out onto that pitch and say, God, this is for you. You know, it, the results are going to be the results. But the performance that I put in, if I can just give 100 percent, whether I made a mistake or not, it wouldn't matter because I, I can go back to God and just say, you know what, that was for you. But I did have a moment where one of the, I was up against a, uh, a player and um, renowned for a tricky winger, and I wasn't uh, the best at a fullback, but I played in that position for the for the team. And um, tricky winger, and one of his old teammates said to me, "Get into him. If you give him a kick, if you you know, if you um, just leave one on him, if you just do something that just irritates him, it'll put him off his game." And that wasn't my nature. That wasn't the thing I used to do. I used to think, no, hard but fair. But I thought, no, I, I am. I'm going to go into that tackle and, and stir him up a bit. And the fans were, 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 you know, loving it because it was our home ground. They were loving it. Go on, go on, get into him, go on. And then he just put the ball past me. I just touched him and he went over and it was a touch. It wasn't a, a big tackle. And the ref came over to me. He said, Linville, you need to calm down. I was like, what do you mean you need to calm down? He said, I've been watching you. And he said, this isn't your character. You need to calm down. And you know what? It just, I just took a step back and it just felt, <laughs> it might sound a bit strange. It felt like God was speaking directly to me. <laughs> through the ref? <laughs> through the ref, yeah. But you know what happened? 10 minutes later, that player was subbed off. And whether that referee had stopped me at that point and just said anything, if he didn't, I wonder if I'd have gone in for another tackle and been sent off myself. So it just really gave me a check. And I literally said I, I, in my, to myself, I need help. You know, God help. Because it was going totally the wrong way. So, yeah, I, I've been in that position myself. So, see, and I think with Chris Jones, when you, if you listen to the full Chris Jones podcast, you'll find when you listen to this man, he's the most gentle, kindest, warmest man in rugby. Hugely successful. Now, of course, that's 25, 30 years after he comes to know Christ. But the thing I'm convinced of after 30 years myself in professional sport is that Jesus changes you despite your weakness and imperfections. Would that be fair, Debbie? Would you say that's the greatest thing of all of being a Christian, 
that Jesus does change you. Absolutely. And it's a lifelong process. You know, however long you've been a Christian, you know, Jesus is always at work in your life. There's always, no, we're not perfect. You know, we can always be more and more like Jesus. And he, you know, he helps us to, to change. It's not just us trying to do it on our own. Actually, we have his power to do that as well by, you know, giving him control of our lives and making him Lord over our lives. I think that's why we do this podcast, isn't it? Can you be a Christian and an elite athlete? Well, clearly you can, because there are five people involved in this, apart from the interviewer, that is, who, who get it and can be. The issue is the change that happens inside you as you retain that competitiveness and yet grow increasing in love. What a remarkable combination. I'm going to move us along there then, because... We're trying to establish the question uh, on this podcast. Can you be a Christian and an elite athlete? We've listened to Chris Jones talk about the fact that he thought he'd have to give up because it was impossible to improve as a human being, uh, as a Christian, if you carried on playing. We've touched on the fact that neither of my guests, Linboy Primus or Debbie Flood, think that's the case. We're going to listen now to the second of our three interviewees from the series of podcasts in Christians in Sport who have touched on this issue. That's Arno Flynn. Arno Flynn played rugby for England in the front row of all places, so she knows what competitive looks like. Listen to Arno Flynn as she talks about a slight, slight change of tone now when she realised that her sport was actually a gift from God and she could use it to worship God. Now that's striking, isn't it? Listen to Flinny. I think the key thing for me is that whatever you are trying to achieve in sport, you need to remember what your motivation is. And for me, from an early age, I realised that being a girl who played rugby was unusual. But I also realised that that wasn't by any chance or accident. And I began to realise that actually it wasn't a, um, it was an opportunity presented to me which I could take with both hands or I could avoid. And I think when you, when you realise that actually the skills you have, the, the hand-to-eye coordination, the ability to read a game, the ability to take in moves or new um, positions on a pitch if God has given you those skills and that ability to understand something which may be alien to other people other girls or other young people might not get it in the same way you do if you see things clearly if you see things falling into place in your mind that's a way that God's saying to you this is how I made you deliberately and specifically to play this sport I remember seeing the Chariots of Fire film when I was a young teenager, and being so excited to hear Adele saying, you know, when I run fast, I feel his pleasure. And I guess through coming to know Christians of Sport as well through university, I found um, a group of people who understood that actually when I wanted to worship God on a Sunday, it didn't always have to be in a church building um, or in a quiet moment of reflective prayer. It could be singing songs of praise as loud as I could, or it could be running as fast as I could on a pitch, tapping somebody as hard as I could, within the laws of the game, of course, um, or executing a box kick brilliantly, or the rare occasion for me scoring a try as part of a team move and thinking, yes, we did that spot on. Um, and remembering in all that, that the skills you have, 
the strength you have, the speed you might have, don't come because of your brilliance. They come because God made you that way. Flinny, articulate as ever. I, you know what I love about doing the Christians in Sport podcast? Like, really top players are self-deprecating. You know, if I do the odd good thing. It's like she's different class. Uh, now, Debbie Flood. Uh, Arno Flynn, I keep saying Flinny, of course, because that's what we call Arno Flynn. Flinny comes to this very clear realisation. And it's like a wow moment for her. My sport is given to me, my ability, hand-eye coordination and so on, is given to me by God, and I can use that as my daily act of worship to him. Did that dawn on you quite early on? Yeah, I mean, oh, just great. It's a, just a great way of thinking about the sport because it's so true. You know, God creates us each uniquely with different abilities, different skills, different talents. And I would say that um, the second half of that came to me later. But for the first half, knowing that God had blessed me with those abilities and the, and the abilities and the talents, you know, I knew from a young age, you know, I loved sport. I was passionate about sport. And I, I knew that, you know, God had given me those abilities and opportunities but actually, when I was 15, I realized that I was just taking them and using them for my own enjoyment, my own pleasure. And I suddenly realized that I wasn't acknowledging him. I wasn't thanking him. I wasn't praising him for them. And I think that for me was the turning point, recognizing that, yes, God gives us these good gifts. And actually, they're, they're for us so that we can just, you know, be blessed and but also be bringing him honor and glory in using them. And that actually, we're thanking him by playing well by honoring him in how, in how we're using those gifts and abilities and not wasting them and you know that was a big part of my motivation um, you know I was highly competitive you know I was made, motivated to win medals against the rest of the world and to represent my country but actually the motivation that God had given me these abilities and opportunities and I didn't want to waste them I wanted to embrace the life that he'd given me and honor him with that that was so much part of my motivation. Linvoi can you talk about how it feels? Because Flinny puts it so clearly, we just assume worship is in a certain place at a certain time, yeah. like when we go to meet together at church. But she tries to articulate that you cross the white line or you jump in the boat or every moment of life is an act of worship. Mm. How did that feel like in your football? Yeah. I think I I always always wondered when I was growing up what why I was that little bit I could do a little bit more with the ball or I could run that little bit faster and I always wondered you know why me why me and and like Debbie said it wasn't a case of um, I was playing my sport for God I was playing that sport for me and I was looking for everything out of that sport I was looking for the highs of the, what people would say uh, you know the way they responded if I tackled somebody or kicked the ball and you know great pass or scored a goal not many but scored a goal but I always wondered you know I just I was looking for that and the moment I realized that actually it's far bigger than that that God has given me that gift when I stepped over the the white line it's like the, this pressure just fell off of me because I thought this is a hundred percent for you Lord and then when I realized that it wasn't just about a Sunday morning that it was it was all of my life and football was you know a big part of my life and to be able to to make that tackle or you know make a good pass and it wasn't what oh I feel good because everybody else it was like wow lord you've allowed me to do that 
and that feeling, that 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 ease, that tension that just fell off of me. I just played football like it should be should have been played, like you were playing with your friends, you know, at school again. So there was there was a real sense of this is what it's about. I love I love that um, that thought. Flinny says it beautifully, doesn't she? You could be singing your heart out mm. in a church meeting or in the shower <laughs> for that matter. You can be really competitive in the middle of a race. And this wonderful line of scripture. I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies mm. as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. And I remember when that fell into place for me in my early 20s, thinking, well, hang on, offer your bodies, this is your spiritual act of worship. And I remember thinking to myself, oh, that's quite weird, because wherever wherever I go, my body generally comes along with me. <laughs> so does that mean, like, when I'm playing, or on the bench anyway, when I'm on the bench, does that actually mean that I can be worshipping? Because where my body is and I offer my body, that's worship. Yep. Bingo changes your world yeah it's a real freedom isn't it just a real release it's not you know god's not expecting a performance offers or a result he's just saying you know this is what i've given you this is what i've placed in front of you embrace it you know give everything give your all give your best and honor him in that and there's such a freeing from that knowing that you know by you using your body using the abilities using the opportunities and doing that to the best of your ability is honouring him because that's what he made you for. That's how he made you. You're listening to the Christians in Sport podcast and I'm talking with Debbie Flood, Olympic rower and Linvoy Primus professional footballer. We're listening to clips from our podcast series. We're listening to three clips. We've listened to Chris Jones, rugby coach and ex-player. We addressed with Chris, can you actually keep playing your sport? when you when it's such a challenge to be competitive and stay right within the rules as a christian we've listened to anna flynn talk about the fact that you can actually worship god through the sporting talents that he's given you and as debbie just articulated liberated you to play our last clip is south african paralympic runner neil low neil low closes this podcast for us and we'll just chat around him for a moment and he talks about the fact that if you are a christian and an elite athlete you do have a responsibility to walk the walk and talk the talk and i want to know exactly what that looks like for my two guests listen to neil being a christian sportsman i i just realized the importance of of integrity and, and to walk the talk. And since sport creates images that captures the hearts of people, it has the potential to shape the lives of people. And, and therefore I have much more of a responsibility nowadays to, to ensure that, that, that people's lives are being shaped and that God is really glorified by the way that, that, that I compete, that, that, that Christian athletes compete. And also in the role that we play in 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 equipping and assisting athletes in in, or, in order to let's call it survive in in that hostile environment and secondly 
I think it's important to also to convey to to athletes to live their sort of player mentality in order with which they, they were born with, in order to really glorify God. Uh, a great example to me personally, even when I was competed, competing, was comes from the words of uh, Eric Little, the Scottish Olympic athlete who won the gold medal in the 1924 Olympic Games in in uh, France, and also the the well-known um, actor of the film Chariots of Fire. And you, you, you used to say, God made me fast. When I run, I can feel God's pleasure. And I think it's it's a it's a real challenge also to to motivate the athlete to f- still find delight in competing, uh, despite the 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 competitive arena that they find themselves in. Neil Lowe uh, ran at the highest international level, uh, and yet as he reflects towards the, you know, back to the end of his career. Uh, Neil Lowe ran at the highest international level. And he here there, as he reflects on his career, he's saying, as I knew Christ and was competitive, wanted to be the best, there was just this growing thing in me that I've got to make sure that the way I behave is consistent with the Christ who has given me this ability. Now, that's quite a challenge, Lynn, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, um, I think you've got you've got a case where if you do anything wrong, so you 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 said you're a Christian, and there's other things going on around you. They they, they found out that you're going to church and you you're involved in church life and things like that. And then you you're going for a tackle and you mistime that tackle. First thing they'll say is, "I thought you was a Christian," so you know there's something coming back, but. You, the, I suppose the choices you, you've got after that are, do I not go into that tackle or do I go in the same way, try and win the ball, be as competitive as possible, but with a fair nature? My my heart was always, I'm hard but fair. And some of the lads would say, Lynn, you've overstepped the mark there, but it wasn't intentional. I didn't think to myself, right, I've got to leave one on him because he's just done me. It was, I want to win that ball. I'm a defender. I love defending. I want to win that ball. Not well, at any cost. So hold it there then. If football speak, leave one on him. Mm, sorry, yeah, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah, no, good. Mm, mm. Because actually, then some people might say, "Whoa, whoa, <laughs> it's Premier League football. Yeah. You've got to leave one on him. Mm. You've got to leave, leave one on him. Up. He's too good, and he's got no bottle. Yeah. What are you doing? You're letting the team down, Len. Yeah. Leave one on him. I've been told, you know, a number of times, win the first tackle, t- first challenge at all cost, so that they know they're in the game. And I've had to question that. And, I'm, and then I think, no, I'm going to just go up and win that ball. Whether it's a header, whether it's a tackle, I'm just going to go in at the same motivation. I want to win, but I'm not going to leave one on him to say, right, that's it, you're in the game. But they do know that that tackle that goes in isn't a, a tackle where they're going to look around and think, oh, oh, that was a bit light. They're going to know it was a, a tackle with intent to win the ball. So, um, But I do know players that will, someone goes past them and they'll, they'll take them out to let them know they're in a the game. But I, I just knew that wasn't right. There was a deep, you know, deep down in me, I knew it wasn't right to do that. Debbie Flood, the rubber's hitting the road now, isn't it? Here's the hard dollars. How do people leave one on somebody in rowing? Yeah, well, you know, a lot of that is actually within the team because you're competing against each other. 
for seven months of the year before you actually get selected to go to the world championships or to go to the olympics and but i agree you know we do have a responsibility um you know of representing jesus within our team i remember uh, visiting a church once and as i left there was a massive banner across the door and it said you are now entering your mission field and isn't that true you know for all of us whatever we do in our lives wherever we are we're there representing jesus and you know, I very much saw him at work in, in my life throughout the 15 years I was in the British rowing team. I mean, we're not left on our own, are we, to to just fend for ourselves and to try and do it on our own. Actually, God helps us uh, to represent him. And I remember, you know, when I was first on the team and often had times where I felt hard done by with selection or angry because an athlete had taken advantage of me when I was down and tired and, you know, used that to make me look bad and look them, make them look, um, look like they're doing well and, you know, in front of the selectors. And, you know, I clearly remember times feeling angry and even that turning to, you know, really being a bit of hatred towards that person when I was first on the team. And, but even then, you know, as a young Christian, um, God's spirit was at work, prompting me, nudging me, knowing that that wasn't actually the right behavior, that wasn't the right attitude, and showing me actually that that's, you know, that's not the right thought patterns, not the right feelings. And other, other Christian friends would also challenge me, you know, my words and behavior and people that I would share this with, you know, sharing my life and sharing the things that were going on with. And, you know, as I relied on God to help me change my heart or to change my heart, he showed me actually his heart for others. And it, it meant that instead of looking at people with, you know, anger and feeling hard done by and, you know, really not liking them very much, actually I could bit by bit look at them and say, actually, this person is made in God's image. Um, God loves them so much and longs for them to know him. And actually that was part of my responsibility to shine him to them. And, you know, that, that helped change my behavior and God changed my heart in how I saw other people. Let me push you both on this then. Um, Neil sets a high bar in the way he talks and, and we've had Anno Flynn and Neil Lowe draw on Eric Liddell and Chariots mm. of Fire as a huge role model, Paris Olympics 24, 1924 that is. You'll both have blown it because everybody has you know one of the things people say is well of course they're a christian now they should be perfect and you both intimated this and they shouldn't blow it but you both have without doubt without me even asking when what do you do then when you blow it with a team what what is the most important thing you can do if you've lost your head if you've got a hump if you've hit somebody you know if you've been spiteful or you've balled somebody out how do you play it lynn I think um, I've had a couple of moments where I've had a really, I've had a shocker. You know, I've had one of the worst games I could have mistakes, goal, was led to a goal or someone's run off me and scored. And um, during the game, I'm thinking to myself, I've got to apologise to my teammates here, but I've got to take care of what is going on on the pitch first because it's not about what everybody else is thinking. I need to just play get to my get my head back in that space and the, the lord this is for you that's just what i've got to get my head back to but as i'm as the game finishes and i'm walking down that off that pitch i'm thinking i've got to apologize to the lads for that performance and just say you know that's it it's done that performance is done even though it's done and you can't go back and fix it i am thinking about it don't get me wrong it's still playing over my head in the over the weekend but monday morning back on that training pitch do train as well as you can and just try and put that behind you and it, again it wasn't for the satisfaction of hearing what everybody else was going to say it's actually saying 
Lynn, that's done. That, that You can't change that. Move on to the next thing. And the reason I can move on to the next thing because there's a bigger picture. You know, it, I have got a gift to play football. I didn't mean to make that mistake. I didn't mean to cost us three points. But what I'm trying to do is just do the right thing. And Lord, as I and I pray, Lord, as I go into that onto that uh, into the training ground today, just give me that peace. I don't want to be anxious because I did get anxious if I made a mistake. I'd be anxious. Oh no, I wonder if the gaffer's going to drop me. I wonder what the players are thinking. Lord, take that anxiety anxiety away. Just let me play, play and train well, and uh, and I try and rest in that. And it helped. It really helped. Debbie, we're coming to the close of this podcast looking at if you can be a Christian and an elite athlete. And I hope that if, as people have, have listened to Chris Jones, Anne O'Flynn, and Neil Lowe, and yourselves, they're getting a feel here. <laughs> Clearly, that's all we want people to get a feel of, that you can. Mm. That you can. But I'll tell you what I'd like to close with. It sounds to me it's more than that you just about scrape by and you can. I'm listening to the five people talking and I'm hearing you actually have a framework to think about the game. You're thinking about who made you, where your talents came from, what a privilege and a joy it is to use them, and that you want to be a competitive but really fair teammate and opponent. And you've got language to talk about that that behaviour and that philosophy. How clear to you is it, Debbie, as you look back on your career, that being a Christian, it couldn't just be an elite athlete, but it really, really made a difference to being an elite athlete? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, for me, it was a real anchor and stability within the crazy highs and lows of elite sport. Um, and it was a grounding. It was where you came back to, where you centred back to. Um, for me, I always had to bring myself back to the question, what is driving me at the moment? Is it my sport? Is my sport molding and shaping me? Or actually is my faith molding and shaping me? Because I knew that always coming back to my faith molding and shaping me and allowing God to do that was um, gonna come back to the right attitude, the right behavior, and actually the right motivation. And you know that, that was a bigger motivation than anything else you could draw on or really look to. Class, like class? I'm in the room, you see, I can see their faces. I love it. We started out in this podcast by asking, can you be a Christian and an elite athlete? My goodness, as I come to the end of the podcast, I'm thinking, whoa, if you know God gave you your talents and you know that you can compete at the highest level of sport, actually, being an elite athlete is a joy. If you know that God made you and gave you that talent to know Christ in the heart of elite athletes, in Debbie Flood's closing words, actually gives you some kind of way of having stability in a crazy world of top-level sport. Now, as we draw this to a close, let me just say, if you're listening to the podcast and you're thinking, well, I don't know that I am a Christian, or I could be a Christian, but I do play sport at a really high level. Well, don't be soft. You've just heard two top-level people articulate off the back of three interviews with top-level people that you can be, and it's really worth thinking about trusting Christ with your life. If you're somebody who says, well, I, I, I'm definitely a Christian in sport, well, I hope what you've heard today 
helps you to think, yes, this is a gift from God. I can use a gift that he's given me in worship of him and I can flourish with the talents that I have because he leads me and not how I feel as a result of my performance. Look, if you want to know more, there's two things you can do. Number one, the interview with Chris Jones, Anna Flynn, Neil Lowe, and indeed interviews with Lindvoy Primus and Debbie Flood in full can be found on iTunes, the Christians in Sport podcast, or the Christians in Sport website, christiansinsport.org.uk. We'll be back with another podcast of this ilk at some point. See you later.